guys think you can keep gabbing as long as that music is going, right? Is that is that what that's? Yeah. They they have younger ears than we do. So let me give you some ground rules. I'm a senior citizen. That means when I speak, you listen. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> now, when these younger guys get up, you can tease them all you want. I'm all in. But I'm fragile. <laughs> Whatever. That's true, not true. I'm not really that fragile. Uh, look, welcome. We're really glad that you're with us this morning. Um, and um, my name is Daryl. <clears throat> that was a guy I knew a while back. Now, I actually found this a, a while ago. As a, uh, we were at a men's retreat, and we had an artist there. And while, the, while I was sitting there and, and we're listening, he decided to do that. He did that like 20 minutes. This guy was good. Anyways, that's my younger years. And um, I want to tell you about an important date. Do you guys remember this date, this important date that's coming up? The important date? Do you remember? November what? Oh, somebody has November 17th. I am excited to say this about uh, November 17th. Uh, I know it's just a few days before Bill becoming a senior citizen. Um, <laughs> um, we are going to take an offering for Convoy of Hope. All right? Convoy of Hope. Uh, is a um, faith-based uh, emergency relief um, uh, uh, movement. Uh, Vineyard has partnered with them in the past in several different types of things, mostly financial support, but we do, from time to time, help them with, um, you know, bodies. Uh, started in 1995, I believe. I, I actually read the book on the guy that started Convoy of Hope. Uh, he started with the back of his truck, uh, went and spent some time with Mother Teresa and changed his life for the rest of his life. Now, Convoy Hope is, uh, has like, today they have like 40 semis. I mean, they are a movement to be reckoned with. And they partner with uh, churches and corporations and everything. And if there's a disaster, they're there. They are, they're, they're, they're right there if there's a disaster. You can go online and read about them. So I'm just really pleased that, you know, for this year, this is where we're going. We're going to go with Convoy of Hope. We're taking an offering. That's where all the money is going to go for this, this. And, oh, and Mexico. Yeah. Well, it's almost like Mexico's without saying anyways. Oh, I got good news about Mexico. In February, Mexico, we've been working in Mexico for close to 40 years. Uh, Richard back there is taking the lead. Uh, Richard, I know, unlock your arms, raise your hand. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> he's also, uh, he's been taking the lead in Mexico for a number of years. Uh, we've, we've worked in Sonora for, you know, 30 
five plus years or so forth, um, partnering with other partnerships working in Mexico and Sonora and down uh, central Mexico. This February in Zacatecas, which is roughly about 600 miles north of Mexico City, it's a kind of an old Spanish city. It's got cobbled streets. Beautiful, beautiful city. Uh, the Mexico Lavinas, Vineyard in Mexico, are going to become their own uh, ABC, which means that they become a place where they govern, govern themselves, are recognized uh, with the other ABCs. And I think they're, with them coming on board, it'll be about 12 of them that we have in the United States, uh, and globally, excuse me. And uh, so I'm excited about that. Uh, it's been a long time. That's what we work towards when we work in other countries, that eventually there's enough churches in that country, enough leadership, that we can release them to govern themselves, so to speak. And that's what they do. So that's, that's what happens, and I'm excited about that. So we're going to move into a series of uh, just generosity and thankfulness and the importance of that. Probably one of my most important gifts as a, as a follower of Christ is the ability to encourage people. And the heart of encouragement is important in the church today. I want to stand before you today and tell you that God is for you, that no matter where you've come from, no matter what you've done, forgiveness is made available to everybody that says yes to Jesus. doesn't matter. You can, you can probably give me all kinds of reasons why God should not forgive you of your sins or your past, and I'll give you one why he does. Because of the finished work of the cross. And in saying that, the idea of encouragement, the idea of encouragement, you and I, we can change. We can become all that Jesus says that we can become. In other words, here's another language. I've spent a part of my life doing everything I could to mess it up. And I want to say I did a pretty good job of it. Uh, actually, I was... I would call myself an expert of making bad choices, wrong decisions, wrong friendships. It's just a culture I grew up in, right? But I made one choice one day that changed my life for the rest of my life. And that choice was I said yes to Jesus. Radically changed my life. What I discovered from that time until now is that I discovered truly who I was created to be. The language is, language, you can, you can use this, discovering your true self. Psalm 139 says, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. I have been discovering my true self. And one of the things about my true self is my, the ability that God has given me to help people discover and grow in what God's called them to be, an encourager. That's probably, I live there the best, encouraging other people to say, you know, God's for you, God's with you, and you can. You can when you can't see it. You can when you can't feel it. 
You can, when you feel like the world is against you, it only takes Jesus and Jesus' people who will help you get through it. And that is, please hear that. And I think we do a pretty good job with that around here. I want to condemn, condemn uh, <laughs> I want to commend, I want to commend you. Psalm, and the psalmist says this, you've lifted me up out of the dun heap. I'm so grateful. God has lifted us up. And Jesus would say, when you demonstrate, demonstrate the same love that I've given you by giving it to other people, they will know that you are my followers. People around you will know that you belong to me. I would like to think today that I'm speaking to a group of people that said, I, cho- I am a follower of Jesus. I accept that he's forgiven me and taken on my sins so I th- that I might be free and that I might discover who God has truly called me to be. And in saying that, I want to revisit Luke 6, 6 a little bit. It says, do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or you will or it will all come back against you. Forgive others and you will be forgiven. Give and you will receive. The gift will return to you full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, poured out into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount that you will get back. Now last week I said I I believe that this scripture has been manipulated, it has been pressed on as if that, look, we've taken it to, in my opinion, to the lowest denominator, which is money. (coughs) That's my opinion. We've moved it where this is all about money. If you just do the right thing with your money, you'll get all the benefits of what Jesus talked about. And I, I think it's so much more than that. I think money's a part of it. I'm not trying to say that it's not. I mean, Jesus said it pretty clearly right there. But there's so much more there of what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the whole person, the complete person, the true you and the true me. And what's that look like? And so I believe when you, when you think about things like this, you have to take the whole picture in consideration. I personally think finances is easy. That's the easy side of this. It's just a matter of you making a choice. Jesus, you tell me what I'm supposed to give, and by faith I'm going to give that because I believe that you will take care of me, that you will provide for me, that you will make a way for me. You will open doors that no man can close, and you will shut doors. You will lead and protect and guide my life. You are the provider of who I am. And I also said last week a little bit about, you know, opinion. There's nothing wrong with opinion. Okay, we all have opinion. Who doesn't have an opinion? I got it. <laughs> I need a squirt gun up here. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I better not go there. Um, but we all do. There's nothing wrong with opinions, right? Only when your opinion turns into judgment. And if you entertain your opinion and let it grab a hold of you and let it grip you, eventually it turns into judgment. 
That is what we have to be cautious of, right? Judging others. You know, and I would be, I'm the most opinionated person you'll ever meet. I've got opinions. I've just learned how to keep my mouth shut. You guys want to come to my class on that, by the way? <laughs> anyway, but you know what I mean, right? I mean, and then opinions are all over the airways. Judge not, and you will not be judged. When Jesus said that, he was saying a very, he was given a very strong language. Another way you could put it is, is don't pick on people. Stop jumping on people's failures. Stop criticizing people's faults. Unless, of course, you want that same treatment. Remember, Jesus said, treat people the way that you want to be treated. You remember that Jesus said that? Treat people the way you want to be treated. Start there. How do I want to be treated by this person? doesn't mean that that person is going to do that, but how do you want to? What kind of standard do you want to set around you? Don't condemn those who are down or who are below. Don't condemn people. Don't be drawn into that. Because it'll come back against us. That's what Jesus says. That which you do will come back your way. Be kind to people. And you will find that kindness will give better results than judgment. Give your life away. And Jesus will build you up. Giving, not getting, is the way. Giving, not getting, is the way. Generosity begats generosity, is what Jesus says here. It's a principle. It's a kingdom principle. Generosity begats generosity. And as I began earlier, generosity is something that we do, you and I do, with the whole person. Not just one aspect of our life. Generosity comes by um, being kind. Kindness comes by an attitude of love. Actually, let's look at the whole context of what Jesus is talking about here. If you turn back to Luke chapter 6, starting with verse 27, it says this. But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, offer the other cheek. If someone demands your coat, offer, offer your shirt also. That's a hard saying, right? I didn't grow up being told to turn my other cheek. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but it's not our culture. Our culture is not to, um, to allow that. 
Here, it, Jesus is using a physical act. Well, what about a verbal act? What about a, uh, there's all kinds of acts that are offensive, right? And what Jesus is saying here, don't be drawn in. Don't be like those around us. He goes on to say in verse 30, give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken from, uh, away from you, don't try to get them back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love only those who love you, why should you get credit for that? Even sinners love those who love them. So Jesus is drawing some very hard lines here. He's talking about the generosity of your personality. He's talking about generosity of our being. He's talking about loving everybody and not just being, you know, loving in a, a very selective way. And my first question is, Lord, did you have to make it so hard? Right? Isn't that, aren't these hard statements? And how do we deal with them? How do you deal with them? When I was 10 years old, my dad boxed in the army. And I had my little brother, he and I, and then I had my two other little brothers. And so he went out and bought some boxing gloves. And he would get on his knees and say, come on, boys. And, um, and I did the whole windmill thing. <laughs> and he would just go like this to my face. And I'd just get really beat red and mad, and he'd just keep going like this to my face. <laughs> and then he finally said, that's not how you do it. But anyways, he wanted to make sure that my brother and I knew how to protect ourselves and um, all of that. And uh, I want to go on record to say I never did that with my son. Because what I find are people that are... that. Um, Beget violence, find it, and violence finds them. And uh, growing up, I realized violence found me because of how I lived and the people I lived with and what I did. And although I, 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 I'm not sitting here being you know, like really bitter with my dad about it or not, he just did the best he could with what, the way he grew up. But the point, my point was is violence begets violence. And when I came to Christ, I thought, nope. So I, I, I taught Jacob, turn the other cheek. You know, um, walk away. And um, I think that's the gospel. Somebody asked something. of. I heard somebody just recently say this. This is a, this is a good point. When somebody asks you of something, give them something. And you're going, well, what if I shouldn't give them what they're asking for? I didn't say give them what they asked for. I said give them something. Well, what can we give them? Just say, hey, silver and gold I do not have, but such I give to you. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you about that situation? Give them something. Because really what everybody needs is Jesus, right? Isn't that the truth? So don't 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 judge them. I don't know anybody that, you know, started out in life saying, you know, I'm going to be homeless 
I didn't know anybody that started out in life and said, I'm going to grow up and be a prostitute. I don't know anybody that, that, that said, this is my goal in life. Circumstances drives people to those things. And do not let your heart get hardened. Do not let your heart get hardened. Please. I don't know any guy or gal that grew up, you know, and, and, and determined to be, you know, married multiple times, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. I don't know anybody that said, this is how I'm going to do my life. Circumstances drove those things. Jesus rectifies all of that. All of that. He says, behold, all things are made new in him, right? So let us be those that encourage people and say, you can. I'm not here to judge you. I am here to help you. How can I help you? What is it I can do to encourage you? I can't walk your life. I can't live your life for you. But I know who can. Jesus has come to set captive people like you and I free. And if you experience freedom, give it away. Give that freedom away. Be generous with it. Be full of it. Love people. And then when you recognize you don't love people, just turn to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, help me to love people the way you love people. That's all you have to do. He will. Let's move forward. Verse 33. I already read that. Verse 35. Love your enemies. Now, we we unpacked this really well. Jake Jake and Jacob both done a great job with this. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great. And you will truly be acting as children of the Most High. For He is kind to those who are... He... Let's go back. I want you to get this. For He is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. You must be compassionate. Just as your Father is compassionate. I'm telling you, folks, you, you need to hear this very clearly. I am telling you, out there, they're looking. Everybody's looking. Is there truly a people like this? Is this real? Is there a people that actually believe this and live it and not just talk about it, but actually become it? And become it in a way of compassion and encouragement and life-giving substance because of what Jesus Jesus has done for you and I. I believe with all of my heart that you and I have, have the ability to become all of these things that Jesus is asking of us. I do. I am so encouraged. You guys are great. You guys are generous. You, you, you. You live beyond yourselves. You're, you know, people come in here all the time and say, man, you got a really loving group. Amen. That's why that's there. Loving God, loving people. And you know what? We believe that no matter how you, what you come in that door with, Jesus is able. Jesus is able to bring his healing power to broken lives. Why can we say that? Because I look in the mirror and said, he, he healed that broken life. And if he's able to heal that broken life, I, trust me, trust me. Because he's no respecter of persons. And I'm not going to compare darkness with bar- darkness, but I had a pretty deep well. 
and he forgave me. He set me up on a rock and helped me discover my true self. And that's what Jesus does for all of us. There is a place for a group of people globally, not just you know this group here on Redwood Road, but globally where people are saying, does this truly exist? Is this real? Or is this just words on a page? Is it lived out in true flesh and blood with people like you and I? I think so, don't you? I think so. And let me ask you this question. Are we we willing to stay right here and say, Lord, I want to be one of those people. I want to be one of those people that represent you, that represents heaven. I want to be one of those people that believe so much in you that it doesn't matter. This life, this life, I know my full heart and trust is in you. I want to be one of those people that say, hey, I can't, I know you're asking for this, but let me just pray for you because Jesus has a plan for you. Let me just give you that. Let me just bless your life. Gentleman walked in here last week, needed some help. Bill introduced him to him. I sat there. I said, and we, I, we did help best we could. But I said, can I pray for you? And he just went like this. I put my hand right. I said, can I put my hand right on your chest? And he said, please. And I saw his countenance melt before God. I just put my hand on his chest. And I said, Lord, would you? I, I, I said, what are you looking for right now? And he told me, and I prayed for that for him. Prayed for that. And I know many people in this room would have done the same thing. I would, it was just, I was there, right? I know many of you guys would have. Because Jesus is able to do something far beyond than what we're able to do. And that's what we do. We identify with, with Peter and John when they say, hey, look, I ain't got no money, but Jesus has got a plan. Right? And then it is, then that whole section where Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Be light to darkness. Love the unlovable. And then he sums it up where we began. Do not judge others and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others or you will be condemned. Don't. Do it. Learn. And I know, look, I know out there, do you ever feel like when you're out there and you're listening to certain things, it's just trying to suck you in? Where you kind of kind of take on that attitude and that perspective, and it just kind of sucks you in, and all of a sudden you, you find yourself saying, yeah. You ever feel like that? How does Jesus feel about it? Forgive others, and you will be forgiven. Lord, I want to be one of those people. I want to live with a, I want to be here on the face of this earth and forgive people. Even those that speak ill of me, condemn me. Those that don't like me because they don't like the color of my skin or the way I comb my hair or the way I dress. I don't, it doesn't matter. Let me walk in forgiveness. 
liberate me. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount that you give will determine the amount that you get back. John Wimber, the founder of the vendor, you say this, God blesses what you put in his hands. That is a very true statement. God blesses what you put in his hands. It's got to be freely given, freely choice. It has to be done for all the right, you know, all just, Lord, I want to I bless others because you bless me. I want to give back because of what you've done for me. And it just started with that one, one place where, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I accept all that you have for me. And it just grows from there. I have a little clip I want to show you. I think it just sums up everything of what we're talking about right now. Sacrificially and 
He underestimated even Ford's identity, and he was called his followers to trust in God to find those who like him. And that's why he said things like, sell your possessions and give to the poor, or don't worry about your life. He's inviting us to live by a different story, one that is built on trust in God's goodness and love. But living generously doesn't mean life is going to go well. I mean, look at Jesus. He was betrayed by his friends and suffered. And this was no surprise to Jesus. He knew that people would take advantage of his generosity. In fact, that was his plan, really. Yeah, think about it. Jesus knows that we're all hopelessly deceived by this lie that there's not enough. Yeah, that lie needs to be pursued. And so that's what Jesus was doing when he gave us the gift of his love. Jesus' death was the ultimate us how to trust the generosity of the host just like Jesus did. Yeah, when you believe there's enough, you start seeing opportunities for generosity everywhere with our time and money, our attention. Yes, one of the most important ways that we can experience the abundance of God's new creation is sharing with others because of our trust that God is the generous Well, I can't add to that. <laughs> I think that just says it all. The, the, the real quest for all of us, are we willing to trust Jesus? And I like the aspect that it was from the beginning of creation to this day that God loved, loves his people, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have Everlasting life. And that everlasting life trumps everything that you and I experience in, in a way of difficulties in, in this life. And that in the in the in in what if we're being invited into is that trust. And so what we would ask of all of us here, as I invite the worship team to come forward, what we would ask is we're just asking you. To trust Jesus. And let's trust Jesus together. Let's not only be a blessing to one another, but let's be a blessing to those that Jesus has us come in contact with. Let us be uh, a people of encouragement. Like I said last night, light blinds darkness. Greater is he that is in you that is in the world. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you that of a sound mind. His word illuminates inside of us. That's why it's so important that all of us should have a devotional life in the word of God because that devotional life, as we read the word of God and as it's reminded inside of our spirit, that it reminds us that Jesus is trustworthy and he's always been trustworthy and he always will be trustworthy and that everybody is looking outside there. They're looking for something that they can trust that is not just temporal trust. 
And, and, and trust me right now, trust is a big issue in our world today. In this generation, trust is a big issue. In this political climate, trust is an issue. In the world, globally, trust is an issue. And there's only one that's worth trusting. That transcends and trans all of it. And we become that citizen of what was said, the kingdom of God. Something that gives us greater sense of hope, no matter what happens in this landscape, this landscape here is going to run true. It's going to run true deep in my heart, and no matter what I see, no matter what I hear, Jesus is going to break through, and we're going to say yes to him. That is where we're going. That is what Jesus, we are heading for that glorious day where Jesus returns for his bride, you and I, and globally, the two million people, that exi- two billion, excuse me, that exist in that. And you and I just need to keep saying yes every day. Every day, yes, Jesus. Help me love better today, Jesus. Let me recognize uh, those that you bring me in front of because you want me to share your love, your light, your grace, your encouragement to others around us. Amen? We're going to take our offering now. And I want to... Uh,